love this house, and I, I travel about half the year, and just, um, just uh, you know, I, I want to let you know what you have here is, is significant. I've got, I think I was in 60 different ministries last year, and it, it's difficult to know how big what you're a part of is while you're a part of it. I mean, the disciples were part of a pretty big move called Jesus. And they lost the wonder of what they were a part of, you know, arguing with each other. I'm the greatest. Now you're a mama's boy. And, you know. <laughs> so I just want to, yeah, just say thank you. Thank you for, you know, just um, Jeff and Julie and the team. And, and you guys are creating something powerful. So it's a, it's a blessing. We've had a great weekend. So good to meet Andrew, and thank you, and the team, and to be able to participate in that. And I've had three of my uh, powerful young ladies traveling with me who will help at the end today. And so I want to just start with a testimony. I was pastoring a church in uh, central Nevada in the 90s, and um, I decided to not only be the senior pastor, but to become the youth pastor because my kids were that age. And so God started to move within the young people, and we uh, created a youth leadership team, and we had an idea. By the way, the Lord's releasing ideas this morning, and I'm hearing this over you. One idea is going to change everything. One idea is going to change everything. And so we had an idea. We we created a top ten hit list of most unlikely people in the high school ever to get saved. We put 10 names on a list that we thought these are the most unlikely people in the school ever to come to Jesus. And we put one name at the top of the list. His name was Caleb. And in our opinion, he was the least likely person ever to become a Christian in the school. <laughs> and so we, we started praying for him, started loving on him, prophesying into his life. And, and, and guess what? He gets saved. This is about 1999. And so we leave the church in 2001 turned it over to spiritual son and daughter, and they pastor from 2001 to 2012, and then they left, and then we laid hands on the new senior pastor of the church in 2012. <clears throat> Guess what his name was? His name was Caleb. Somebody say, wow. Wow. The most unlikely person is now a great leader. He and his wife, Sky, they got five kids, uh, and he's a, he's a man of passion. I mean, his passion was directed in the wrong direction. <laughs> and when God got a hold of him, he, he's, he's just such a great leader. And I'm hearing over you, in this region, unlikely people are getting saved. This is a region of unlikely people getting saved in this hour. And, and I'm hearing that even in the next 10 years, that, that those people are going to be the leaders in what God's doing in, in this region. Yes. A couple other things I was hearing um, this morning, uh, people are getting, there's people getting delivered from depression. Hearing somebody in the room who's battled depression, God is actually giving you a great ministry uh, to deliver other people from depression. Um, I'm, somebody in the room is moving past the if onlys, if only. God is healing people from just the regret today. And he's saying it's time to move on. There's grace to move on. Someone needs to hear this. You're going to be okay. 
you're going to be okay. You're going to be more than okay. But you need to hear, you're going to be okay. Marriages are being healed. I heard this, people's immune systems are being strengthened to prevent diseases. I heard that, that, that people in this room, your immune systems are getting strengthened to fight off disease like never before. Someone who's uh, in, in confusion about a decision that you're going to be making or you need to make, I'm hearing this. The Lord is bringing you peace, and, and that, that that decision, the anxiety about the decision is a bigger problem than the decision. And he's actually uh, stirring up joy in you before you know what to do. Yeah, turn to your neighbor and say, I think that's a good word for you. Someone in the room is going to bring breakthrough to political partisan politics. Someone in the room is going to get an idea. They're a peacemaker, and there's something going to happen through you that's going to break the political spirit. Mm. Wow. Uh, and I'm here, last thing I want to say here, doors are opening wide into education, government, and media. Doors are opening wide into education, government, and media. And the Lord is raising people up here. There's, some of you are already there. Uh, there's going to be an increase. There's going to be an increase of doors and opening and favor on your life. There's Daniels in the room. That, there's Nehemiahs in the room. There's Joseph's in the room. And uh, I, I hear this, that uh, people in this room uh, one year from now are going to look back and they're going to say, what happened to me? What happened? <laughs> I'm going to share a message today uh, called The Power of Supernatural Encouragement. And in, in Isaiah 35... It's a a great passage where it says in verse 4, it says, say, say the word say. It says, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, do not fear. Turn to your neighbor and say, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Now, it's interesting. Okay, here's what it says. Say to someone with a fearful heart, say those words. And and then in verse 5, it says, what's going to happen if someone say those words? Now, just listen to this. This is is exciting. (laughs) Wow. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the, of the mute, sing for joy. Whew! For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And all because somebody said something. Said something, those who had a fearful, fearful heart. Now I'm, I'm going to share today the, the three levels of encouragement. And one is to encourage yourself, the others encourage others, and the third is to move into supernatural encouragement called prophecy. And in Hebrews 10.23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. That's a lot of hope talk. Hold fast the confession. Don't let go 
of talking hope. And I've had seasons where I haven't talked hope because I've, I've battled disappointment, and, but God's healing. He's, about, he's healing people of disappointment here today. Hold fast the confession of hope without wavering. And it tells us why. For he who promised is faithful. Then in verse, uh, 10, Hebrews 10, 24, it says, let us consider one another. Why don't you just uh, look around the room and just go, hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. And in verse 25, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but encouraging one another and all the more. Say all the more. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And so you, you, the, the three levels of encouragement, number one is to encourage ourselves. Don't let go of the confession of hope. And yeah, I, I, you know, just when you think about the encouragement journey and that encouraging ourselves is, is one of the more challenging things. Encouraging me sometimes is a challenge because I know me really well. <laughs> I hang out with me a lot. <laughs> and, you know, there's some things about me I wish were different. Yeah, there's some things about me that, that you know, whether, whether it's appearance, whether it's ability, whether it's habits, whether it's circumstances, uh, there's things. And how many know that's true for all of us? And so to, to actually learn to encourage yourself is one of the greatest qualities of, of influencers. And I'm speaking to a group of influencers today. I'm speaking to great people today. I'm speaking to people today who want to do it right. Just say, I want to do it right. You do, and you, 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 just, you just need a couple more tools to just to help you push you over the top. And, and you know, when I think about encouragement, one of the stories I think about is in, in 1 Samuel 30, where David, he had a bad day. You think you've had a bad day? Listen to his bad day. <laughs> he, he goes out to battle. With his men, come back to their city, Ziklag, it's burned. All their wives and children are kidnapped. And then it gets worse. His men, their, their solution for the problem is kill the pastor. <laughs> they talked about stoning David. Now, how many know that's a bad day? And I'm sure he was tired. That compounds everything. But it says in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, I don't know what he did, but I have a hunch he talked to himself. One of the books I wrote is, you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. You can't change your life without changing how you talk. If you want to change your life, change how you talk. Because words are a rudder in, in a, to a ship and a bit in a horse's mouth. Words are the directing agents of our lives. And, and see, I'm sure he said something like this. No, it's not my time yet. Samuel's prophecy over me has not been fulfilled. It's not going to happen. I imagine he did something like that. Now, he encouraged himself. What was interesting is that once he encouraged himself, his men did not want to kill him anymore. Hmm. Mm-hmm. When you learn to encourage yourself, people will start seeing you differently. The favor on your life is going to increase. 
Because you're not, you, you've broken off victim mindsets. People with victim mindsets, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to have favor with a victim mindset. And, and, and thank you, Lord, that victim mindsets are being people are getting delivered from them this morning. You're not a victim. You're a victor. Say, I am a victor. And yeah, you know, I, I thought about that story, you know, and I think about encouraging myself and and. Yeah, I remember uh, I shared this the other day. I played football. I grew up on the north coast of California. I was playing high school football in, in, at Fortuna High School, and we had a losing culture, and we got a new coach. He had a winning culture on the inside of him. And this guy, his name was Ken Holslander. He was like a preacher. Man, he, he would start, uh, you know, he in the locker room would say, you know, start slow, and by the end he was shouting. And he, he fired me up so much. I was listening to him, man. I got so much fire. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, Coach, open the door. Oh, I opened the door. I got to hit somebody. <laughs> I got, if you don't open the door, I'm going to rip a locker off the wall. <laughs> and I thought about that, you know, great leaders. And we, we won the championship our senior year. And, you know, I remember just how he changed the culture. You know, and, and, and great leaders, great influencers change losing cultures into winning cultures. And one of the things we got to do is change the losing culture in ourselves to a winning culture, to a, a winning culture. And, and I, you know, you, we can learn a lot from sports teams of how to encourage ourselves. Before the game, by the way, there's some big game. Is there a big game today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, isn't, isn't Duke, Duke, I think, I think, yeah, I think they're playing, yeah, excuse me, you know, I don't want to stir dissension or, you know, have, have brothers, you know, you know, argue, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I know, but before games, and I've coached and been in sports, never before a game are we talking defeat, well, we're probably going to lose today, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, let's just try not to lose too badly, Try not to get hurt and, you know, let's try not to make too many mistakes. No, we're talking, we're talking. And they, they have to learn how to fire themselves up. And, and people who, who make an influence, you know, they learn how to encourage themselves, how to inspire themselves. Yeah, there's been seasons in my life where I, there, I, the people, there's been seemingly nobody there for me. There's nobody around to encourage me. And I felt like the Lord says, Steve, this is a season for you to learn to encourage yourself. Because where you're going, you've got to learn to do that. Where you're going, you've got to learn to start your own fire. Someone say fire. And, you know, I can't depend on someone else having fire. I can't depend on coming to New Song. Well, I hope the worship team's got a good fire going. <laughs> I, hope, I hope the preacher's got a fire you know, so I can get in there and get some fire. I understand that. I need that, everyone. But eventually, I've got to learn how to start my own fire. Eventually, I'm not, I can't depend on whether someone else is going to encourage me or someone else is doing it. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And I was out in the desert by myself, pastoring a small rural church, and the Lord says, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to start your own fire. Someone just say Fire. And so much of it is just to get the, get the thing off our lives, you know, that dripping faucet of, of low-grade discouragement in the back of our spirits, you know, that thing, you know, just wake up, you know, and you just feel bleh. 
some point, we got to go after that thing. Some point, we, we've got to start, we have to start building the muscle of enthusiasm in our own lives. I love the word enthusiasm. It comes from a Greek word, entheos, which means to be full of the gods. And enthusiasm is a, is a muscle. And, and so just some things that, that I do is pretty much every morning I wake up, I say these words, this is going to be a great day. This is going to be, be a great day. Why do I say that? Because there's a part of me that doesn't believe it. There's a part of me that just wants to live life out of duty rather than live, live life out of faith. Anytime you're just doing life out of duty, you, you, you're not going to have fire. Because uh, faithfulness is not just showing up. It's how you think when you show up. Whether, whether it's a meeting like this, I'm not going to do this meeting out of duty. I'm not going to come to church out of duty. I'm going to come to church in faith, believing. I said... As a young person, young Christian, I said, Lord, I, I can't wait until I do something great for you. He said, Steve, instead of waiting to do something great for me, why don't you do what you're doing right now with great faith, and it will become great. Someone just go, rah, ah. There's a point. Some of us just need to get mad. Some of us. I remember there's times in my life I just had to get mad. I just, I'd drive my car, I'd be shouting. No, not, I'm not letting this thing get on me, this discouragement, these lies, the thing that I'm a failure. It's not going to change. You know, some, some of us just need to get angry. The Bible says be angry and sin not. And there's no convenient time to do it. I could say a whole lot more on that. But, but, but uh, what I'm hearing, there's peop- this is a room full of history makers. This is a room full of movies. And you may be in here, just barely got it, and you're in survival mode. I want to tell you, you're not staying there. You're in- just say, I'm not staying there. Encourage yourself. Be your own coach. By the way, there's people in this room who have, I just don't want Holy Spirit fire. I want vision fire. I love Holy Spirit fire, but I, I, want, I want vision fire. Without a vision, the people perish. Just put your hand on your neighbor and just say fire. The second thing we do is encourage others. They ask, you know, they ask me, um, Steve, what's your bio? Give us your bio. You know, when you actually have to create a bio, it's a pretty, it's an interesting thing. You have to ask, who am I? <laughs> who am I? You know what, I've been, the last few years I've changed my bio to put on the first thing in my bio, Steve Backlund is an encourager. He's a hope igniter. He's a joy catalyst. He's a leader developer. But the first thing I put, first thing I put is he's an encourager. I'd rather be known as an encourager than an intergalactic apostle. (laughs) I'd rather have that written on my tombstone. He was a great encourager. I believe encouragement is one of the greatest ministry callings we can ever have. 
If you don't know what you're called to do, just, just ac- accept the assignment, I'm an encourager. Because if, that, if you do that well, I'll tell you what, it's going to open tremendous doors in your life. And, you know, I, I just, um, you think about, I grew up not having a lot of encouragement. I didn't meet the Lord until I was 19. And I had very few people who considered me. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider one another to stir up love and word. I had very few people who considered the good in me. My friends, they, they, they considered the bad in me. You know, they'd point out my physical defects. They'd point out when I did things stupid. And, uh, you know, I had, I had a lot of those comments. But I had very few people who would actually consider the positive. I was a senior in high school. I had a government teacher named Mrs. Riffenberg, and she considered me. And she took me aside for a moment, and she said, Steve, I, I see that you would be good in government and politics. And I remember what I felt in that moment. I mean, something, uh, something just came alive in me. I thought, somebody sees something good in me. Somebody, I, there, maybe, maybe I am not less than. Maybe, maybe I've got something. And because of that, I majored in political science the next year in college, all because of one person who considered me, who thought about me. And, and, I, I, and as, I, as I became a Christian, I thought about that. I, I, I made a decision. I said, I'm not going to have people around me who I'm, I'm going to consider that I'm going to speak into their life. I'm going to tell them the good things I see in them. You know, it's, it's a challenging thing sometimes when you say you want to be an encourager. I used to not want to encourage people who had issues because I was afraid they might think they were okay. So I would withhold my encouragement as a punishment to them so they'd get it. And then after they got it, they changed. I would encourage them. Someone say, boo, boo. We, uh, in Nevada, where we pastored, there was a gold mine there. They moved hundreds of tons of dirt a day. But nobody talked about dirt. They just talked about gold. And people won't mind you moving their dirt as long as they know you're looking for gold. Great influencers have great beliefs about people. It's hard to influence people you don't have hope for. And just because you believe in people doesn't mean they have equal access to you or equal opportunity under you. And it doesn't mean you don't have boundaries in relationships. But, but believing in people is one of the most important qualities of leadership. And, and usually everybody's negative quality is an, an immature aspect of a positive quality in their life. If you can actually identify what the negative quality, like, for instance, when I pastored, I had people who, you know, maybe I'd have a, a person who would be critical of my messages because I didn't use enough Bible or misquoted Bible or, you know, come up and say that's a good word, but, um, you know, that, the, that's not doctrinally correct. Or, you know, I'd kind of get irritated at that person. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha, 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 ha. But then, I want you to start considering people. 
And, and I, so I started considering that person. I thought, wow, I got a person in my church who loves the Bible. Woohoo! He loves the Bible. I got some other people who don't even care what the Bible says. He loves them. That's it. And my heart started to warm towards. You know, one of the greatest questions you can ask is, you know, as you consider people, is what do I like about them? What? That is the question. What do I like about You know, I'll tell you, I've been considering this church, by the way. You want me to tell you some things I like about this church? Man, first of all, I love the presence. This is a, whew. Sometimes it's, it's hard to function here. I love the excellence. This is a church of excellence. Just how it looks. It's, it, it's a cutting-edge church. You're, you're right on the edge of what God's doing. There, there's, I love the entrepreneurial spirit in this church. There's great entrepreneur people, business-minded people. There's this forward-moving ministry in, in, in the, the things of God and in the things of just in, in, in making a difference in society. I, I get here, and I say, man, this, this place, this is a good place. This is a place of word and spirit, not just one. There's great fathers and mothers here. There's powerful young people here. Man, I said, I consider now. When you actually consider and you actually speak what you see, it does something. There's no such thing as a strong, silent type Christian. Hebrews 10.25 tells us one of the main reasons we come together is to encourage one another. We worship, we get equipped, we function as part of the body. But one of the main reasons why we come together is to encourage. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, but encouraging one another. One of the, the, and, and basically, the Lord told me years ago, he said, Steve, I never want you to go to a meeting without giving someone an encouraging word. Don't leave before you give someone a word. Consider people. And, and, and that's one of the greatest assignments. You, you, you know, you, as you come together, that's why, that's why we look around. We're not just spectators. We're in the game. I got good news for you. You're in the starting lineup. But it comes from a heart. You know, the story of Luke 15, you got the prodigal son. You got three main characters, the father the prodigal son, and the elder brother. Here's my theory on how you know you're moving from an elder brother mindset to a father mindset, which is key for encouragers. The, the default of an elder brother mindset is to first see what's wrong with a person or place. That's the default. I used to think that was called discernment. The default of a father mindset is that they first see what's right with a person or place. Now, one of the ways you can tell you're moving into father and motherhood is that your default is increasingly becoming what you see right with people, what you see right with a city. You see what's right. It doesn't mean you're gullible. doesn't mean you're, you're, that you don't have to serve, but that's your default. And once you have that default, God's going to be able to trust you more Doors are going to open because he knows you have the right heart. You have the right heart in how you see people. 
And you know, one of the things, if you're discouraged, one of the ways to become encouraged is to encourage others. There's been times when I've felt very discouraged, and the Lord says, Steve, encourage somebody. Say, I don't want to. (laughs) I don't feel like it. (laughs) He says, do it anyway. Healthy people have their eyes upward and outward. And when you actually start saying, man, I'm going to help somebody. Somebody's worse off than me. Then the third one is, so we encourage ourselves, encourage others. And then thirdly, we move into supernatural encouragement. And it says in Hebrews 10, 25, and encourage one another and all the more. Say all the more. All the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I don't care what you think the day is, it's approaching. (laughs) Whatever your theology is for the day, you think it's the rapture, it's approaching. You think it's end time revival, it's approaching. You think it's end time judgment, it's approaching. (laughs) You think it's your personal death, it's approaching. Whatever you call the day, encourage one another all the more as you see the day. The plan for God's life is that we go out in a blaze of encouragement, of increased encouragement. God's plan for our life is not to become more cynical as we grow older. Yep, I've lived for a long time. Yep. Don't get your hopes up. Yep. Don't trust anybody. Protect yourself. Keep watching the news. <laughs> no, we, we're, we're to go every year. It's to be a year of greater encouragement in quantity and quality. In quantity and quality. I just increase it. I'm just, uh, every year, so I'm going to increase my encouragement. I'm going to find creative ways to encourage. I mean, I, I, one of the things I do is every day I send somebody a message telling them three reasons why I admire and appreciate them. It's just one of, that's one of my habits. Just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small thing, but it's a big thing. You know, just you get a habit of just saying I'm not leaving a meeting without telling somebody what I admire about them or what I see in them. You start, you start those habits, and those, those are the habits that history makers have. Those are the habits that are going to take you into a level where there's going to be such a cutting edge on your leadership and your influence, you're going to be totally amazed. Because to, to start doing that, you're going to have to deal with a lot of issues. <laughs> you have to deal with the reasons why. And we, I celebrate progress, not perfection in those things, but I, I, at least I need to know where I'm headed. So I increase it in quantity, but we also increase it in quality. Now, quality encouragement, in my opinion, is called um, prophetic. People say, well, how, how can I start prophesying? I, I'll tell you a big hint. Become the most encouraging person you know and ask Holy Spirit to take over your encouragement. You want to be a high-level prophetic person? Start encouraging people and say, Holy Spirit, infuse this with your revelation, with your spirit, 
with your power. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1, follow after love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. Get love down, but then, but then start burning with zeal to get all the spiritual gifts in your life. Healing, discerning a spirit, miracles, tongues, interpretation, the list in 1 Corinthians 12. But it says go after one the most, prophecy. Go after that one the most. And, and I believe why is because if something's going to happen, something has to be spoken. Somebody has to say something. Somebody says, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong. I give you a prophetic word, your God's going to come and save you. Man, you got and then, boom, miracles. The chain reaction of all the other spiritual gifts happen. And, you know, New Testament prophecy is different than Old Testament prophecy. In the New Testament, we're all called to prophesy. We may not all be prophets, but the simple gift of prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, is to comfort, edify, build up. It's encouraging. We're all, we're all to do that. Now, the, the office of a prophet may correct, rebuke, be more directional, but we're all to function in the simple gift of prophecy. It, it's a gift. We, we actually, you, if you know the Lord, you already have it. Just say, I already have it. It just needs to be, it just needs to be activated. It just needs to be, we need to step out in it. I like to laugh at lies. Let's laugh at this lie. You do not have the gift of prophecy. Ha, ha, ha. And so you, you start moving into, you know, and, and you don't need to be weird to prophesy. You don't need to wear a robe, <laughs> have a staff, a beard. You don't need to speak King James language. Yay, thus saith Godeth. That's just weird. You just be normal. Normal. You just go up to someone and just say, hey, you know, I was reading Psalm 27 this morning, you know, and just about, you know, just overcoming, you know, fear and all that. I just, you know, I just, and I saw you, I just saw, thought that might be for you, you know, and just, you just start doing things like that. You start, you know, and you, you start off humble, you start off, you know, just, and then you, you, you start, you get confidence. People respond to you, say, wow, wow, I was reading Psalm 27 this morning. God said the same thing. Then you say, whoo, you say, oh, maybe I am hearing God. Maybe he is. You know, and and you, just, you just start getting confidence. When, when, when you commit yourself, when you commit yourself to start encouraging people and you start taking the journey of just of doing that, boy, I'll tell you what, Holy Spirit gets excited. He, he's going to start moving you because there aren't enough people doing that. He's going to start moving you, put thoughts in your mind. Oh, you know, I just, I don't know. I just can't, just saw this, you know, I saw, we drove by Target and I saw the Target thing and I just, man, I couldn't get that out of my mind. And I just, man, I just have these words. I, I just feel like I just, you're to hear this, you're hitting the Target. Yeah, just, that doesn't mean anything. That's fine. But I just felt to share that with you. You start sharing like things like that. That's how 
Every high-level prophetic ministry starts off small. I mean, there may be a few who at age two are prophesying, you know, just, just giving you a word. Yeah, there, there may be a couple of those. But mainly for us, we grow into it. So here's the thing. We learn to encourage ourselves. We speak to ourselves. The person I need to say probably the most to be strong and fear not is me. I need to talk to me. So I make declarations. I speak God's promises. I can do all things through Christ. He's providing all my needs. My prayers are powerful and effective. All things are working together for good in my life. Just get the promises of God in your mouth to encourage you. Then commit yourself to encourage others. And just and, and, and consider people. Consider and actually what, what do I like about them and then move into supernatural encouragement was his prophetic ministry. And just, just say, Lord, I'm going to, 1 Corinthians 14.1, I'm going to, I want to pursue spiritual gifts and especially that prophesy. And thank you. You're going to work that in me. Let me close with a story. And this is just going to fire you up to, to just encourage people. There was a family reunion. I read this in Dutch Sheets' book, The River. There was a family reunion in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and at 2 a.m., Grandma said, everybody up, everybody up. I've got a word from God. <laughs> and her word from God was this, that they were to fill Coke bottles with, with notes of paper, with uh, encouraging words, scriptures, and their address, and they threw them into the sea. Those, by the way, those who give themselves to encouragement are going to find creative ideas and they threw 200 Coke bottles into the sea. It's a lot of Coke. And they got letters all through the years of people who had got the Coke bottle at the right time. God multiplies what we give him. We give him a little bit, he's going to do a lot with it. And they got a letter. The last letter they got was from a woman in Ohio. Her husband had died their farm was being foreclosed. She was going to, it was in winter. She went down to the river. She was going to cut a hole in the ice to commit suicide. And when she did that, guess what popped up? A Coke bottle. Wow. Wow. And she wrote him, I can live. I know. I know I can live. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, I, I hear that and I just say, I say, Father, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm living for. Not just for the down and out. I want to encourage people who are doing things as well. Because people who are doing things, they probably need the most encouragement. Man, they got issues. They got stuff. They got pressures. But you find someone. You find like a, a church leader who's got a key encouragers to them. It means the world. You find a business owner who's doing something, who's got an encourager. It means the world. And just and so today, I just hear. Here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that in this meeting, the Lord is releasing supernatural grace to encourage people and yourself like never before. And I want to tell you this. You know what's going to happen? Miracles. Someone say miracles. You guys receive this word. You receive it. Say I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me today. It was supernatural. 
I'm a supernatural encourager. My encouragement is going to change nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Thank you, Father. Yeah, give him a shout. Give him a shout. This is a day of breakthrough. Woo! Yeah.